Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I am Dina Castro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we are going to talk about the nodes, the transiting nodes, Scorpio South Node and Taurus North Node, um, which is happening this year. And we will, Dina will give you some facts about that. And we'll discuss our own personal experience with the nodes. Yes, we will. So the transiting nodes are something I think that get overlooked sometimes because we talk a lot about planets and planets moving into signs and aspects between the planets as far as collective influences and transiting influences. Um, But the nodes are always moving retrograde. You know, these are points in space. They are not planets. So the Transiting nodes are always moving backwards through the signs. They're always moving retrograde. And it's where the path of the moon's orbit meets the ecliptic. And the ecliptic is uh, where the sun's, uh, the earth's rotation around the sun, you know, that path has this plane. And then the moon moves up and then down, you know, over that plane. And so when it's going up, it's the North Node and South, it's the South Node. So that's the technical description of it. But we're always looking at what signs uh, are these in, in order to understand what are the karmic influences right now for the collective. Also, what is our purpose and our mission? You know, what are we here to learn? And then we can lay those transiting nodes into our personal chart and see what houses of our own natal chart might this be lighting up or will this be touching any planets? Um, So here are just some basic facts on the transiting nodes. Uh, This current uh, emanation of the transiting nodes with the North node in Taurus and the South node in Scorpio began on December 22nd, and it will go for about a year and a half through to July 12th of 2023. Uh, The nodes are, as I said, are always moving backwards through the signs. So the next signs, uh, sign axis that they will be in is Aries and Libra. And the nodes spend about a year and a half in each sign. And then for them to go a complete cycle around, uh, it takes about 18 years, roughly, uh, to go, you know, since the last time, for example, they were in this exact configuration with the South Node in Scorpio, North Node in Taurus was April 20 or 2003 to December of 2004. And then, you know, by definition, then halfway through that 18 year cycle, they flip. So nine years later, it's going to be North Node in Scorpio, South Node in Taurus. And that's how the rotation rolls. 
So I thought, you know, we could talk a little bit about how we think of these transiting nodes in our practical daily lives and how we use them. Um, Katie, do you, how do you, how do you think about them in terms of either using them for yourself or in client charts? Uh, what pops out for you when you think about the, the transiting nodes? I just had a thought about them the other day. And it actually had nothing to do with the nodes, but it, it today, looking back, I was like, oh, that's very relatable. But I was thinking about how Scorpio is always, you know, being one, I feel like I'm always digging up the dirt, right? I'm always like transforming and changing and thinking about, you know, my shadow and those pieces. Yeah. And, um, and I'm always like, what else is left to dig through? You know, what, what more do I need to do? And, um, and what are the, what are the pieces that I need to like cut through? Like the, this old craggly stuff that keeps me from being my best or whatever. And then I had this realization, like I never give myself a break or a chance to rest which is what Taurus is all about. Taurus is about, you know, enjoying, (laughs) I feel like enjoying life a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Scorpio, everything is so intense and always about, you know, evolving and changing and, you know, and there is, I have such a hard time with leisure and luxury and allowing for, you know, just regular comforts, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that when you have the South node and a sign, you know, transiting through, it's going to bring up the shadow of that sign. And then Mm -hmm. with the North node being in a sign, in this case, the North node is in Taurus. It's calling us to look at how can that sign be the the medicine for right now? Mm -hmm. How can it help us? How can we go toward it more, even though we might be inclined to stay stuck in the shadow of the south node. It's it's very much like you would look at it in a natal chart, but it's it's for the collective right now. You know, here's what's yeah. happening for the we're all looking at this. I agree with you. I think I can be constantly looking at and picking at like what do I need to work on in myself next and what am I not looking at? What's in my unconscious? Like I'm hyper aware of trying to figure out what's in my unconscious and sometimes you've got to give it a rest. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just gets really um, taxing, you know, if that's all you're doing is self-improvement and digging and searching. Like maybe some, yes, a lot of people don't do enough of that kind of reflection. But I think the overall message is right now, it's not to not do Scorpio stuff, but it's to recognize where it's becoming neurotic perhaps Mm-hmm. And where it also might be a distraction, like mm-hmm. that kind of thinking can also be a distraction from being present, which is more what Taurus is about, being present, being embodied, uh, being attuned to what the body's telling you in the moment. You know, it's it's important to, for example, if you're tired, take a nap. If you're hungry, eat something. <laughs> we spend a lot of time in our heads not connected to the body's messages. And I think that's a lot of the the Taurus wisdom that's coming 
to us right mm-hmm. now. There's a song by Mason Jennings called Be Here Now. Have you have you ever heard that? I haven't. Todd, it, every, everybody listen to it today. Okay. It's like- It's, it's a Taurus such, song. It's a Taurus song. Yeah. And Todd and I love to blast that song. It's like the cutest little simple song about- being here now. And I I do think that with the Scorpio piece, it's like, you've always got your eye on death. You know, like, I think that for me, it's like life is Mm -hmm. running short. We know that at some point in time, you know, the push to evolve and change is going to be over with. And Mm -hmm. like, like, I think there's a little bit of that looming, I mean, I don't mean this in like a uh, bummer sort of way, <laughs> you know, but there's that that idea that death is always here. And and so being here now is like the important piece. Like yeah. you can't, there's nothing you can do to change time speeding up or, you know, that sort of thing too. Right. Um, that That just seems like a really Scorpio thing to always have your have death right here on your shoulder or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's important sometimes to forget and about that and yeah. to just enjoy the present moment and whatever is going on in front of you. Um, one of the things, and I have a Taurus moon and you have a, a Scorpio sun. So we are well suited to speak to mm-hmm. a lot of the, the things to do with these uh, two signs and what I notice being a Taurus moon is that is often, you know, my medicine um, is to do Taurus things. And right now it does feel like a time where I'm having to remember that extra, extra much, you know, to be really aware of how to take care of my moon and my moon sign um, by honoring my need for quiet, for time in nature, for time with animals for time to slow down, you know, those are all for me, Taurus things. And that it can be an antidote to a lot of the stress and a lot of the uh, trauma and PTSD, mm-hmm. you know, that we all experience, but also might be heightened right now. I think, and in fact, you might be able to speak to how um, Scorpio, for me, Scorpio relates to understanding our trauma responses and dealing with trauma and and understanding PTSD um, because Scorpio is, you know, has gone through Mm -hmm. that often, Mm -hmm. you know, and has gone through traumatic events. So there's a deep understanding of what are the results of trauma and Taurus is often the antidote, Mm -hmm. right, to trauma, Taurus energy. I also thought about part of Scorpio is is sort of with that fixed energy is like power and then thinking about like collectively what's happened in our world where um we want power and change and you know all these all these things right but the earth is like really calling to us now you know sort of the medicine now is um Mm-hmm. To come back to nature, come back to nature and nurture sort of thing, um, which is a piece I think like 
most people that I know are in touch with, but I think a lot of people have lost touch with. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think um, right now we're all too aware, you know, of our own personal traumas and then the trauma of just living in this world right now, the trauma we've experienced because of a pandemic, because of climate change, because of war, um, that these situations uh, make us feel constantly afraid and on edge, or they can. And then what is, you know, what is the antidote to that? Taurus Mm -hmm. is about peace. It's about finding peace and finding your center. Mm -hmm. It's also about getting grounded. That's actually a message that was coming up for me a lot recently. Recently, Um, I had a really stressful month this past month, really February. I'm not sorry to see it end. Not that March is looking (laughs) like that much better. Um, But February for me was, you know, a lot to do with like uh, getting my PTSD around certain issues reactivated. And I think that what the message that kept coming through literally in my tarot cards in you know, my readings for myself in my own, you know, oracles and, mm-hmm. and such was grounding. Like the literal word was coming through for me, like get grounded. And we think of that as such a basic thing, like, oh yeah, get into my root chakra and sit on the ground and send a root down. It's like the, you know, as grounding 101, you know, uh, energy work, energy work 101 rather. So, but again, it's like, Taurus things are simple. <laughs> Taurus things are not complicated, but we forget to do them. We forget to eat when we're hungry. We forget to take a nap when we're tired. We forget to get enough rest. We forget to mm-hmm. sit and watch nature. We forget to get grounded. And we sometimes don't realize when we're not grounded. And that's what I was feeling in my body was a lot of um, – being very wound up and scared and anxious in response to PTSD triggers and then being like, Oh, what do I do about it? And like sit, meditate, send down (laughs) your root to the ground. (laughs) It's like, breathe. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I know how to do these things, you know, but we have to remind ourselves, you know, and that's also the nature of, the North Node too. Sometimes it's it's not the yeah. the thing we're most inclined to do. It's the thing we have to remember to consciously do, but will most help us. It's funny that you said that because February was a pretty nutty month for me too, and I did have a lot of things mm-hmm. that triggered me this month. Like my card for the new moon cycle, the um, Four of Wands. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? You know, like it didn't start out like that at all. It started out just like a shit month of me being like in trauma responses and crying and like ugh, feeling just chaos. And um, and I was like, yeah, am I supposed to connect to the feeling of groundedness? Yeah. yeah. 
And I think we're going to continue to be reminded of that, especially now and what's going on in the world and what's to come um, on many fronts. All those things that I named are not situations that are resolved or over anytime soon. Um, so during this window of time where, you know, the nodes are in Taurus, Scorpio, I imagine we'll be getting lots of opportunities to tap into that Taurus, you know, tap into the high side of Taurus, which is that, you know, get grounded, be present, be here now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that would be a song, uh, should be an anthem, you know, for this. Yeah, definitely. For this time. Um, well, and one thing too that I that I always think about with the transiting nodes is in my own chart, I look at where are they in terms of the houses because that also can give us some information about what are the issues that are up and wherever the south node is traveling in my natal chart, I think that's the area where I'm going to have to fight some demons or look at you know, what's, what's going on there that, um, has become dysfunctional perhaps, Mm -hmm. and can be, uh, can be healed by going toward the polarity, the opposite house where the North node is moving through. And I think for both of us, it's in the sixth and the 12th house Mm -hmm. or, or mostly, right. Does your 12th house start in Taurus or does it start in Aries? I think it starts in it's so big. I think it's <laughs> I think it starts in Taurus. I look at it. I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, because Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, mine is intercepted. So mine actually starts in Aries, but Taurus is completely embodied uh-huh. in my in my twelfth house. And I have my moon and my Saturn there too. You have your Saturn there. No, wait, you don't. You have your Saturn in the, I'm looking at your chart right now. 11. So you have your Saturn in Aries in the 11th. So yeah, you, you're actually, your 12th house does start at two degrees Taurus. So pretty much your whole Taurus is almost completely in your, um, in your 12th house. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, these transited nodes then are landing in the sixth 12th house axis for you as well. Um, so I don't know what I've been thinking about with that in terms of sixth house themes that I'm going to have to look at and, and deal with, um, you know, sixth house is about service. Mm-hmm. It's about daily work. And I can see where I have a way of being very hypercritical of myself <laughs> and self doubting in terms of what I have to offer, you know, to the world, um, and think, Oh, it's not good enough yet. It's not good enough yet. And be afraid to put something out there right? Mm -hmm. An offering of my skills. Um, And, you know, shadow six house Scorpio stuff can also look like finding distractions through busyness, like being chronically busy. Like I'm too busy to sit down by the river and look at the geese. Like I have to march through my days and tick off all these tasks off my list, right? So that's kind of the shadow of the six house coming up through and, and that's by me looking at where is the South Node traveling right now in my chart. <clears throat> and um, North Node is like really clear saying, you know, well, North Node in my 12th with my moon even, you know, saying, remember that you find peace and you find meaning 
when you get still and quiet and get grounded and keep your life really simple as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to keep moving toward. Um, so what do you think about that for you? Like, what are you thinking of as I, as I speak? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was thinking about a dream that I had yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. And so, so I feel like I've been doing a lot of sixth house, 12th house work because, you know, Uranus is in there in the 12th house right now. Yeah. And it's hitting on my Mercury in the sixth house and it'll get my son too. So I've been like, ever since it entered there, I've been doing all this dream work, which is part of the 12th house too. Yeah. So I had this dream yesterday morning and I also had uh, therapy like right like first thing in the morning yeah. too. So I was like, holy shit, this dream was like pretty epic, long. Um, it had to do with like building a wall around my childhood home, like this mosaic wall. And then, and like a family reunion happening in our house. And there's this guy who's building the wall and I'm like helping him with it. And, um, and we wind up having to go someplace and pick up some wood. And I'm telling him these old childhood trauma stories, right? One was that my mom was in, my mom was in the house in the dream. And she had asked me, she called me on the phone and she was like, when, when is the wall going to be finished? And I was like, I think it's going to be done tomorrow. I don't know. And then she thinks she hung up the phone, but I hear her go in the kitchen and talk to another relative and Whoa. she's talking shit about me. And I was like <laughs> pressing my ear up against the phone so I could hear, you know, but then there was a part of me that was like, no, I don't want to know. I already know she's just talking shit about me and I don't need to know the specifics. Right. So I'm telling this guy, the guy that's working on the wall, this story as we're traveling down the road and we're driving <laughs> and like, water is coming across the road and we're like driving almost like we're floating in the car now, you know, and I'm wondering how we're navigating this road. And at the same time, we're like developing this closeness, biting our mm-hmm. trauma bonding. And it, my therapist is like, who was this guy? And I was like, oh, it's, it was my plumber. Like it's our plumber oh who is like this serious perfectionist. And just is kind of like uptight, you know, neurotic in his perfection. He's awesome. I love him. And he does such a great job for us. But I'm always like, he's a little over the top with the rules, right? And so my therapist and I worked on the dream. And I got off the phone with him yesterday. And I thought about it. And I was like, oh, I'm developing this love relationship with someone who is a perfectionist and who is, you know, neurotic. So, I mean, honestly, like in the dream, I'm trying to embrace my creativity and just, you know, like, um, building this mosaic wall and like in my studio and doing all these things, but, but I'm, I'm embracing this relationship with, with a neurotic critic, which is, inside of me too. So I think that it's interesting, like that sort of ties in to that sixth house of 
all that Virgo perfectionist shit that I struggle with so often. And I'm always trying to like, how can I break through that? I mean, even like from the food I eat every day to not exercising enough or to, you know, like I am neurotic in a lot of ways about just thinking about everything I've done wrong in a day instead of everything that I've done right, Mm -hmm. you know? It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult to be me. Yeah. It is very <laughs> difficult to be you and to be me. I'm with you on that because we have very we have similar yeah. charts in some ways. And mm-hmm. I resonate with everything you said. I think that sixth house, um, especially if you have planets there and or planets in Virgo, you know, probably anybody out there that has a big sixth house or big Virgo component can resonate with all this is that the self-doubt and the the self-criticism is over the top and it does keep me from experiencing peace and joy, joy. and simple mm-hmm. pleasures and and yet I have the remedy in my chart it tells me what to do to combat that not mm-hmm. just right now but always you know I'll never forget in my in my reading from Stephen Forrest Uh, when I had that many years ago, he talked about my moon in Taurus and how it was connected to my North Node, which is in Pisces, in the sense that my moon is in Taurus in the 12th house. And it's about finding peace through that stillness, through that connection with nature. And it's, he said, the moon in Taurus is your dharma, Mm -hmm. but your karma is so loud with the South Node in Virgo, that it's going to continue to vex you. And all you can do is keep going toward that moon. It's for me, mm-hmm. not just about going toward the North Node. It's like really prioritize that moon. Um, and so now it feels like this is an auspicious time for me personally on that score. And I just remembered yeah. that I mean, by the way, I have to say your dream was amazing that I love dreams like that. Like I could, I would love to have a separate conversation with you off recording about that dream because I think, (laughs) wow, that's like one of those epic, we call it a big dream, right? Where it's just, there's so many symbols. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember the beginning of this year, I was talking to a friend and about what my goals for the year were and what I wanted to do. And I said, for me, it's really simple. I want to let go of self-doubt and yeah. and eliminate it enough so that it, it doesn't stop me anymore from doing what I want to do creatively. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's, I didn't realize until right now that that is tied into this, these transiting nodes as well and where they landed yeah. my chart, that this is so much for me a year probably a year and a half more of figuring out how to do that. And I, I mm-hmm. even used the wrong word there. It's like, it's not about figuring it out because figuring it out is a very, it's a very heady analytical, you know, approach to it. It's like, no, just stop doing, <laughs> just go to Taurus, like get yeah. grounded, be in your body, do what feels good, do the creativity that comes. Like, and when the self-doubt comes, just stop it. Yeah. Know? I mean, I was just thinking, like, what a good friend Taurus is. Like, every Taurus that I know is a reliable, good, for the people that they love, 
they stay true to those people forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, like, as you were saying that the Taurus medicine is to be your own friend, you know, in that, Mm -hmm. like that really good, loving, caring friend. And, um, I don't know any other sign or any, I mean, just that's so blatant in that regard. Like every Taurus I know is just like, if I was dying, I could call one of them and say, can you come? And they would, you know, like I feel, even if I haven't seen them in years and years and years, I feel like those Taurus people just like love you wholeheartedly. So can you be that to yourself? Right. Right. That's, that's the thing. That's the, (laughs) that is that (laughs) ridiculous notion, right? Yeah. In some ways. I think my, you know, with the Taurus moon, I, uh, my way of mothering people in my life is to just give them permission to take care of themselves. Like Mm -hmm. I find myself giving permission slips a lot as my friend Kathy calls it. It's, you know, this idea that sometimes people just need a permission slip and my friend will call and say, Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. I don't feel like working today. I'm like, can you take the day off? Like, do you have some days that, you know, are built up? You, yeah, I could. Uh-huh. Maybe you really need to take a mental health care day. Like, and I'll say stuff like that, that I ne- wouldn't necessarily always apply to myself. I don't give myself the same breaks that I'm very willing to hand out to other people. So the challenge is now to turn that energy back on ourselves, right? I have this new ritual for, I've had it for months now, where the cats come in in the morning and they trade off. Like one looks to see if the other one's there. One gets on the bed and like he literally does this thing where he flops across me. I pick him up. I hold him and he grabs onto my arm and like holds on to me. And then we Aww. sit there for like, like 40 minutes. And if I pick Aww. up my phone, he pushes my phone away. Like he <sighs> wants me to be present with him. And once he leaves and the other cat comes in and she sits like right here <laughs> and like licks up my nose and it's just crazy. And I was thinking I spend so much time in bed in the morning now with the cats, just like, mm-hmm. you know, absorbing their energy. And then then I get up mm-hmm. and I'm like, God damn it. Why do I spend so much time in bed with the cats? I've got so much stuff to do, but it's like I keep like in my meditations midday, I think about a special moment, you know, that fills my heart with joy. And it's always those cats in the morning. So I think that that, you know, cat energy feels really Taurus to me, too. You know, just like that's how I'm trying to embody that Taurus energy is just be with cats. (laughs) or the animal of your choice if you don't like cats but i mean i do think animals remind us to be present in the moment Mm -hmm. they they make us slow down they make us um experience they help us to experience joy Mm -hmm. they help us to be in you know that that simple approach to life um, it's funny you and i have identical mornings because as you know like i have baloo who is he's been not well for about a year now you know he's got a condition and so in the morning he really wants and needs me to be close to him because his meds have been wearing off and they haven't kicked in yet 
for this certain period. So like for almost two hours in the morning, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff on my phone too, but even he gets a little annoyed if I get too busy with it. Like he can feel my energy pulling away, you know, if I'm trying to like do work on the phone while he's in my lap Uh and then he looks at me, he gives me this annoyed look, you know, (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) I mean, but he's just this little warm bundle, you know, in my lap. And I mean, that's really special time Mm -hmm. that I've come to appreciate that it's such a different routine than I used to have before he was sick. Like what I used to do is get up, do my yoga, do my ritual, do my blah, blah, blah. And, you know, get working pretty earlier than I do now. Um, And I, same as you, I struggle with it. And I go afterwards, I'm like, oh, I wasted, you know, I could have been working earlier. I could have been doing this or that an hour ago. Mm -hmm. But so what? Like, if you really look at your day, did it, how much did it add in meaning? And then how much did it really take away in terms of your productivity? Like, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's about prioritizing tourist stuff right now, which doesn't seem to be the glamorous or important stuff to be prioritizing. Taking it slow. Yep. Taking it slow, (laughs) walking in nature, breathing into your feet, uh, you know, all that stuff, getting grounded. (laughs) (laughs) Grounding is super important. Like I used to do this Shakti Gawain. um, Do you know Shakti Gawain, right? No. Shakti Gawain. You don't know of Shakti Gawain? Oh my God. So she was, uh, she wrote the book, Creative Visualization. And this was way before like all the current manifesting stuff out there. This was late 80s, early 90s. And my mom had her books and I got into them. But yeah, she really was the first, one of the first teachers that I knew of that talked about, you know, creative visualization, like doing meditations where you visualize things and uh, but she had so many other good meditations, and one of them was uh, a guided audio meditation about grounding, and it was sending out the grounding cord and breathing out what you don't need down into the ground, and then breathing in, you know, up through that grounding cord after you've released everything, then breathe in what you need up from the earth, and it's a very detailed um, meditation. And I've tried to find it you know, in recent years, because you can usually find everything on YouTube that ever existed. But for some reason, they're very hard to find. I haven't been able to find the right one. Huh. But I still kind of know it in my head. So then, you know, the other part of that is bringing in through the top of your head, the light of the universe and all the good juju and bringing that down. And then like you have these two simultaneous flows going through you, the energy up from the earth and down through the crown of your head. And it's a simple grounding, you know, visualization that as I'm talking about it, might be a good one to get back to for myself. Because <laughs> I I did it like almost every day in the 90s. I did it, you know, all the time. Um, but that's the kind of stuff I need right now. Mm-hmm. And I know it. I think everybody does. Like, yeah, I think that it's very, very hard to to be grounded right now with all the things that are happening. It's really hard. It's mm-hmm. it, it, 
um, and what yeah. we're required to do. I mean, I just think that even the mode of survival, I don't know. <laughs> I could go off mm-hmm. for like an hour of all the things that I've seen lately of just how, um, you know, prices have driven everything up and like, how can we keep going like this? It's, it's crazy making. It's crazy making. So there's so much uncertainty. So it seems the only thing, the first thing we have to start with is the body Mm -hmm. and taking care of ourselves. Because if we don't do that, then everything else is going to be a moot point anyway. Yeah. So taking good care of yourself and your body right now is where it starts. And then you can go out from there. Mm -hmm. But if you're not at least doing that, then you're going to have problems. Um, I, I find, you know, particularly this week, and I mean, we're recording this on March 1st, and um, there's uh, a really frightening world situation going on that I won't, you know, go into all of that right now. But just to say that it's really overwhelming to even tap into the news for five minutes right now, because if it's not that situation, it's the climate change news that just came out. It's the, you know, anything, pick something, right? And if I, it's not that I don't want to know what's going on, I'll dip into it. But then I I know when my body's telling me, you've had enough, like I, you have to go take a shower or, you know, do something physical to, to not get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because it's completely overwhelming. I don't know how, I know some people do that thing of like watching CNN 24 seven. And I just like, that's my idea of hell. Like I I think that I could not, can't do that. I can barely, you know, go on the internet for five minutes right now Mm -hmm. at a time. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll do a deep dive, but then I am kind of sorry. Yeah. You know, because my energy levels pay for it. Yeah. Um, Todd does it every morning for several hours. He'll read all the news and then he'll be like, oh, defeated for, you know. And my mom just sent me something and she was like, look at this live stream. (laughs) Uh, Ukrainian war footage or whatever. And I was like, no. I won't. Mm-mm. I because I know what that's going to do to me. It's yeah. like I cannot It's okay. Like I I want to I want to say that for some reason right now. Like it's okay to not take that in because I think sometimes people get it confused in their head. They think I have to in order to be a good citizen of the world, I should know what's going on and I should be aware. There is that Okay. And there's ways that you could be aware by reading and, but taking in the images is something else altogether. And I don't think that's necessary. I don't need to look at children being killed. Mm -hmm. I know it's happening and I can imagine, and my imagination is already enough. And I, as a sensitive person, I don't need the images to reinforce that so that it's stuck in my brain for the rest of the week replaying. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just kind of want to give it another perspective on it. Like I I too often hear like, well, you should be watching and looking at everything to keep aware. And 
and if you turn away from it in that way, somehow it's like turning away from it, um, you know, in a bad way, like, oh, I don't want to look at that because it's going to hurt me. Well, I'm aware of what's going on. It's not actually going to help me to, to then pile on the images or do the live stream. Like that live stream would be my idea of hell. You know, I don't, I don't want the live stream. Yeah. You know, I've got the live stream in my brain. Right. Like already. You can already relate to, to those circumstances and, and comprehend how awful it is. I don't know who, I guess some people do need to see that just so that they have a better understanding of how, where, right. where we're at, you know, but it's like, yeah, I think when you're a super sensitive person, like you or I, it's like already in there. I already know this is like the shit. I can't believe that, you know, war is even a thing. <laughs> it just, right. It's like, I know. How can that be a thing? Who could, who's mad enough to do that? Like what matters enough to do that, to kill their people? I mean, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I was thinking about that too, in terms of, of even, you know, the nodes and like the Mars rulership of the South node and how Mars is so prominent actually in the sky right now. currently Mars is conjunct Pluto and Venus in the sky, and it's going to be conjunct Pluto for a little while here, maybe another week or so. Um, I I think that that, you know, is tied in to what's going on with the South node being in Scorpio. I mean, we're not going too far afield here that Mars is the God of war. Scorpio is ruled by Mars and Scorpio, the South node is in Scorpio right now saying, you know, we're going to have to face our shadow shit about this archetype and um, looking at the archetype of war and, and what does it mean and trying to wrestle with it for each one of us is, is what's up right now. Venus, on the other hand, ruler of Taurus is about peace and finding peace and beauty and calm Mm-hmm. And so we are like in the crosshairs of this thing right now, collectively of figuring out in each of us, how do we feel in response to war? What is the inner war that we need to fight or quell? Um, but I very much, you know, have had that same basic question all week of like war. Yeah. Like, we're doing this right again. Right. Yeah. I know there are always there are wars going on all over the world all the time, but this it it does feel different because of um, th- its impact on the rest of the world mm-hmm. potentially. So, um, yeah, it's I think like everything we say, you know, about working with your transits on this podcast is it always comes back to dealing with what's inside of you. And because that's the only thing, the first thing you can control, at least it's not necessarily the only thing you can do, but the only thing you can control is how aware you become of your own stuff mm-hmm. and work on it. Yep. And I give permission slip to everyone right now to take a media break if you need to, you know, <laughs> and to take, take a step back and to rest and to not be engaged in electronics and you know, um, yeah, 
I mean, I, the hyper technology age is kind of the opposite of Taurus vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it, Taurus is like being embodied and being slowing down and technology just gets you all in your head and feels like everything's moving really fast and very instant gratification. You're pushing all the buttons and, you know, it's very antithetical to Taurus for sure. Yeah. We all just need a break. We all need a and break, a man. The long <laughs> nap. Break. Let's get in bed with our cats today, okay? <laughs> I am up for that. Listen to my Mason Jennings song and just like, yeah. uh, appreciate uh, simpler times. <laughs> I know. I have, you know, and that's another thing that I've noticed coming up to is being nostalgic for simpler times. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of this Taurus energy as well coming in. It's like, remember when, remember t- the before the internet, Yeah, remember, <laughs> you know, not that the internet's bad, but it's like things were simpler. Take me back to the eighties. Everybody yeah. wants to go there anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's get, let's get in a time traveling <laughs> vessel and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> What a weird place to end this right. podcast. Yeah. But I think get that's pumped. That about <laughs> get pumped, right? That's what you got to insert whenever we just don't know how to end it. It's like, get pumped. It's Taurus North No Time. Woo. Yeah. It's uh it's that kind of a time. Mm-hmm. So, well, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Um, please send your correspondences to Katie at Spark the Sun on Instagram and me at Dina DeCastro as well on Instagram. And we also have a feed for the podcast, which is at Let's Get Real Astrology. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly insights, follow me at Spark the Sun on Instagram or check out my website at katiesloanastrologer.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And thanks again for listening.